Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Faith in the Zone, a show about sports and faith and how the two come together in lives being touched. Right now, discover how people in sports walk in faith with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside my co-host. He's back in. He's gone a couple of weeks. Maybe the best shows we've ever done, in fact. (laughs) Well, I'm sure it was, Mike. He is Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church. Pastor, happy Thanksgiving. It's good to see you. Oh, it's good to see you, and happy Thanksgiving to you, Mike, and to our listeners. And I'm glad to be back. That was 51 hours in the in the car from Oklahoma to New Jersey to northern Pennsylvania and back to Wisconsin. You and Kathy ever talk about me in the car? Oh uh, yeah, to, yeah. I, yeah, we sure did because <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, did. I met I met a guy uh, in Pennsylvania whose son went to Bucknell and played basketball, and he uh, they would like to come on Faith in the Zone, so. I was really talking you up. I let everybody know you're the host of the show. Yeah, that's and, awesome. Uh, so it was I, awesome. Just once, I'd like to just be a fly on the wall in that car when you, when my name come, come, comes up and it's just you and Kathy. I'm wondering. It's it's very popular, Mike. Yeah. I mean, Mama Mama Bear <laughs> yeah. uh, loves whoever invests in her boys, and uh, you and uh, you and Terry and your family did. Well, that's good. That that's good. I appreciate that. I'm not worried about what she's saying, by the way. <laughs> about you. Hey, let me introduce. I'm excited about uh, about our guest today. Let me give you some background on on him. I knew about him for a really long time. And at our golf outing this year, Gary Ellerson uh, and I were sitting in the same cart, and Gary said, "Hey, when are you can have my guy on your high school football show." I said, "Who's your guy?" He said, "Glenn Derby." I said, "Man, he's doing a nice job at at St. John's." And he said, "Yes." Hold on a second. And he called him. He's like, "Where are you at?" And he handed me the phone, and and I got a chance to talk to Coach uh, Derby and say, hey, look, can we get you in? I've not had a chance to talk uh, St. John's, Delafield St. John's football very often. And you guys are having a great year at St. John's Northwest Military Academy is the correct uh, name of that school now. And he said, yeah, come on. So he brought some of his guys in and and made a comment that he listens to Faith in the Zone, and we talked a little bit about you know, where he's at and, and thought he'd be a perfect guest for Faith in the Zone. Glenn, it's good to see you. How you been? Excellent. It's great to see you, too, and thank you very much for having me on. Yeah, you bet. Hey, Glenn is, uh, so you know Pastor Ken. He is an Oconomowoc grad. He uh, got uh, Wisconsin Badger guy as well, went and played offensive line for the Badgers, got drafted, played for the New Orleans Saints and the Green Bay Packers. So he's played at a really high level. And uh, I'm looking forward to getting some stories from him and talk a little bit about that. Hey, Glenn, looking at your your background and your research, man, how you got to Oconomowoc is pretty interesting story. Can we talk a little bit about kind of growing up and and you you've tried a lot of different things, man? 
<laughs> yeah, I have. Um, you know, when I tell when I tell people some of my story, they all, not all of them, but a lot of them will say, man, you need to write a book. And I'm like, you know, I hear that a lot. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things where we don't get to choose our family. We don't get to choose our way of growing up. And our caregivers are basically selected by, you know, chance and um, or, you know, as I like to look at it now, you know, God, God did that. And, and so I, I grew up in an interesting way. Um, my dad was playing football for Duke University where he got injured and decided to uh, leave and go into the working world. And at six months uh, old, I moved to Texas where my dad was running a painting contracting company. Uh, we lived in a couple houses, a couple different neighborhoods there when I was uh, just in kindergarten uh, they decided that they wanted to become ranchers, and um, so we moved to Wyoming. Uh, and I lived in, I went to first grade, half of first grade, in a little town called Buffalo, Wyoming. Um, and then we moved to uh, the place that my dad was working didn't work out, so we moved to a place in Heisham, Montana, where I went to half of my first grade year there, and then sec some of second grade, I think like three quarters of second grade there. And the farmer that, or the rancher that my dad was working for said, you know, you need to, you need to find a different career. My dad was like, no. So we ended up moving to another town called Red Lodge, Montana, uh, where I stayed for a summer. And then um, my dad was working for a guy who said, you need to go back to school. And so my dad decided to go to Montana State University. And um, so then we moved to uh, Bozeman, Montana, where I went to fourth and fifth grade, I believe. And then they moved to Heisham, Montana, where I went to Man. fifth and sixth. And then uh, finally thought I was going to be somewhere where I was very happy and stable, which was uh, my dad got a teaching job at, and a f head football coach at Red Lodge, Montana, where we moved. Uh, and I, I went to basically junior high there. And then my dad uh, got the calling to become a priest and looked all over the country and decided he wanted to go to Neshota House Seminary, and that's how I got to Oconomowoc. Wow. Which was right before my sophomore year in high school. Boy, I'd, I'd love to know um, the football coach, was Coach Rux back yes, then? Yes, yes. What he was thinking when he saw you walking in. Because uh, you're you're a big guy. Were you were you a big guy back then? Well, when I, when I was, uh, um, right before my <laughs> freshman year in high school, I was 6'5". 187 pounds. Yeah, it's pretty so big. So basketball, I think the basketball coaches were more happy about that. <laughs> I would uh, think that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, I loved basketball. That was my sport. Uh, that, I, I played football because my dad was a football coach, and he loved football. And I love football. I mean, I, when I was in Texas, I really wanted to play for the Cowboys. And that was kind of cool. I got to play in, in the same stadium that I went to when I was in uh, first grade and actually played there. So that, that was a cool experience. But, um, yeah, I was more of a basketball player. Yes, was he excited? I think he was. Um you know, and when, in my sophomore year, you know, everyone was talking when I got in that, you know, I was going to be varsity, but well, I didn't make the varsity team. They had, Oconomowoc at that time had a very good football program. And so I did play on my sophomore team and, you know, played a lot of basketball and um, ended up, you know, obviously playing varsity and, and getting some scholarship offers, which was cool. Hey, when when uh, when you decided to play at uh, at Wisconsin, had you had other offers at that point to go uh, different places? And how did you choose Wisconsin? You know, I, I went on Four different visits. I was going to go on a fifth, and I had pretty much by that time Dave McLean, who was also a very was a very spiritual man, um, and was just a he was the most genuine coach that I met. So I met uh, Nebraska was coming after me. Tom Osborne really wanted me to go there. Um, Clemson at the time, uh, Purdue, Minnesota, um, Oklahoma. 
No, not Oklahoma. Oh man, well, uh, I, no. Needed, I, need, I needed to call. I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I had that southern <laughs> accent enough to go down there, but um, yeah. oh, I can get it. Yeah. Oh yeah. So easy. Um, you know, it, it really came down to I felt so comfortable with Dave, and I went to a couple Badger games, and you know they were up and coming. They beat Michigan, who came in at number one, and we beat them, and. You know, we started. We the program was really on its way up, and I was very excited about being part of that. And so, um, yeah, I had other scholarship offers, but that, I did decide Wisconsin was where I wanted to go. That was that was hard then. I, I knew as a young man with with Coach McLean passing. It was one of the more difficult things I've gone through. I was also uh, at Platteville uh, coaching after I was done with my career trying to get my degree, and I was with George Christ, who also passed away when I was there. So I had two great coaches that I really loved. Uh, pass on and you know Dave Dave was uh, something that we didn't recover from at Wisconsin for a long time I think um, you know Jim Hillis did the best he could taking over you know Dave died after spring the spring game and right there wasn't much time to get ready for the fall so they just had Hillis as the interim and we had a bad year and we had a great we had a lot of talent and we only ended up three and nine that year and um I think a lot of it was because of, you know, losing Dave. And a lot of the players did not uh, get over that real well. And, you know, uh, when life throws stuff at you, you know, it's tough. And I, I think it, it affected me still. To this day, Dave's comments and quotes I use all the time with my, my players and with myself. And, hey, in, you know, in one of the articles that I read about you, you made a comment that said, look, he was like a second father. To me, that's that's what I thought of him and how how much respect I had for him as a man, and 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 to have a, a player say that about and I've you know I've coached for a long time to have a player say those words. Look, he was like a second father to me. Yeah, um, that's huge. It was huge, and he, and he really was uh, very influential in my life, and still is to this day. Uh, you know, I think often of Dave and uh, what he those three years that I was with him. You know that those are the, the real deal. Yeah. Look at and this is faith in the zone, so I'm not going to put you on the spot with this next question. So let me just say it, and you can nod if you like. Um, I think the decision making after the, uh, Coach McClain, that next coach they brought in, I, I think a lot of people would agree that that was not the right move. I'm going to plead the fifth on that one. Just I know you are. I've been hey, kind to look. Uh, I'm just hey. I'm just. I'm just. A, I'm a media guy. I'm just yeah. telling you how I feel, and uh, you can either shake it. When we go to a break, I'll get what you really feel. But I, I, I thought that that was a really bad decision. Obviously, the decision after that to bring Coach Alvarez in, um, they've never looked back after yeah. that. And and well, the program. And, and Alvarez is, was the reason my brother went to Iowa. I mean, Alvarez was just phenomenal. You know, he he recruited my brother. He was the linebacker coach at Iowa. Right. And, you know, John went there, and, and I, I would have loved to played for a guy like Alvarez. You know, um, that would have been really cool. Uh, I was very, but like I said, I was very fortunate. I was able to play with Dave. You know, uh, some of the things that we talk about now here, what thirty some years later, with some of the players from that era, was what would have it been like had Dave been around? Because my, you know, like my brother at Iowa, he always goes back with Hayden, and, and all the guys stick together. Kind of when we all left, we didn't go back. Wow. Uh, you know, and so there wasn't that like that community of, you know, what normal players go through when they are with a program that's successful and has a good coaching staff. They'll keep going back every year. And, sure. You know, it's, it's like a camaraderie thing. Do you, do you go back for Badger games now? I do now. I did not go back for probably I, – I pretty much, when I left football, I was in a really bad way, and I, uh, I'm sure you'll we'll talk, talk about, about that. Yeah. That, but um, 
I left the game of football for a while and was very bitter, angry, and uh, didn't want anything to do with it. So I think it was, I'm going to say 10 years before I went back to a Badger game after I left. I didn't even go to Madison. I, I was just, I was stayed away. Wow. Yeah. Hey, we're going to get to a break. He is Glenn Derby. He is the, uh, the head football coach at St. John's Northwest Military Academy. They made the playoffs this year, and that was a big deal for that program and, and really impressed with the job he did there. He is an Oconomowoc grad, former offensive lineman for the Badgers, the New Orleans Saints, and the Green Bay Packers. And he does um, something that, that not a lot of people in, uh, around here do. He does a, a thing called TrenchTraining.com. You can go to TrenchTraining.com. They, they, uh, that is a place for offensive linemen, for young kids, for some of the big boys that want to learn a better stance to learn how to be a better offensive lineman. And if you go to that website, take a look at the coaches that he has with him. These are all guys that, that have played either offense or defensive line at a really high level, and they don't have the camp set for next year, but they're coming. Uh, Trench Training, it's one word, dot com, and I would highly recommend you take a look at that. We're going to get to uh, his his testimony, and, and the, look, he... He is. Uh, we've said on this on this show that some guys that come on, the worst thing they've ever done in their life is steal a candy bar, and then we've got other guys like me and Pastor Daryl Strawberry. Well, Glenn's going to be in my category on this thing. I can tell you that <laughs> right right now. This is yes, Faith sir. in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. More now of Faith in the Zone, discovering people of sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Brookside Baptist Church. Back with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Oh, welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside Pastor Ken Keltner. He's the head pastor at Brookside Baptist Church and our special guest in studio. He's Glenn Derby, former Wisconsin Badger, New Orleans Saint, and uh, Green Bay Packer, offensive lineman, head football coach at St. John's Northwest Military Academy. You can uh, follow him on Twitter at uh, GDerby79. And I would recommend that. He, he's uh, pretty entertaining on, on, on Twitter. GDerby79 is how you can follow him. Hey, um... Last question, and then, Pastor, we're going to talk to Glenn about his uh, about his testimony, his walk. Mm -hmm. um, when when you ended up in New Orleans and and then playing, and I know you were we on the Packers for a while. Did you play for the Packers, or you got hurt early? Right, I got hurt in training camp. I was actually uh, starting at center with uh, for James Campen, who was injured, and um, got in a scrimmage and um, tweaked my tweaked my ankle and then I ended up getting hit by Bryce Pop and that pretty much ended my my, my career. Did it really? Well, yeah, it, I I ended up going to Detroit and trying out for them and flunked the physical, but yeah, that was pretty much the end. What did you hurt your ankle? Ankle, I had both ankles and I had a when Bryce hit me, he he basically hit, you know, that nerve that goes down into your arm. Uh I don't remember what it's called, but it's like a stinger where my whole arm went paralyzed and I was pretty loopy and it was it was it was all I wanted. You know all these things that we talk about with with Glenn as far as where he played and where he's coaching and the camps he's doing. The most important thing for him, I think, is his daughters, uh, Savannah and and Scarlett. Um, the first time we talked, Coach, one of your daughters was going to the hospital because she had an ankle injury. Correct. She dislocated her ankle. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. You were like, 
hey, look, I'll come in, but I got to go right now because I've got my daughter at emergency. Right. And, and uh, was it a volleyball? Yeah, she was playing volleyball and landed on her toe and rolled over it and dislocated it. Yeah. Where does she go to school? New Berlin West. She does. Yeah. That's awesome. Pastor, it's, it's good to have you back because you get to always tee up our favorite question. Yeah, I do. And, uh, Glenn, we're glad to have you. One of the one of the things I love about Faith in the Zone is we do talk sports, but then we get that opportunity to find out how uh, a person's journey with, with Christ began. You know, it's, you know, Mike, I think we'll have people say, hey, we kind of like that religious show you do. And, and, and yeah, he, I love that. And he said, hey, it's not a religious show. No, it's a, it's a way I don't believe in religion. Yeah. Man. It's, yeah. it's a faith-based show. Yeah. And it's all about relationship and Christ is the, the one we have the relationship with. And uh, so we'll let you go, Glenn. Share with us how you came to, to know the Lord. So uh, I mentioned uh, thank you for having me on, and I, I really appreciate the opportunity to get to talk about this. I, um, When I was a, a little kid, um, with all that moving, with stuff that happened, there were some things that went on in my life that I'm not real uh, familiar with or, or can recall. Um, and, and, you know, I've gotten to the point where I, I don't blame, I don't uh, focus on fault. What I focus on is, you know, what did it do to me? Why did it do to me? What, it, what has it caused me to have to do as an adult? Um, I was a very angry, angry young man, um, starting at about the age of 12, maybe a little younger, um, and was very rebellious. Um, one of the things that we had when we were in uh, uh, Wyoming is I ended up working with a, an Indian guy. His name was Indian Joe, and I spent a summer with him on a ranch doing odds and ends things, you know, that kids do. And he was kind of took me on under his wing. And he talked to me a lot about the Indian culture. And it was very, very uh, appealing to me. And I read every Louis L'Amour book that there is. And I read, I would read them, you know, over and over again. And the cowboys and the Indians and all of that lore was just phenomenal to me. So, you know, when my, when my parents would talk about God and uh, church and all of that, we didn't really go to church much, I, although I, my parents seemed to think we went more than I remember going. Um, I didn't really understand God. I didn't understand Jesus. Of course, at Christmas time, you always hear about it. And, you know, I would I would try to try to understand it, but it was hard. And I really just really went to the Indian spirituality. And that was very much what I thought for a long time. When I got to Red Lodge and my dad and mom did start going to the Episcopal Church, I became one of those altar boys. And, and my favorite thing as being an acolyte as an altar boy was I got to help the priest uh, drink the wine. Uh, <laughs> you know, and there were many times, and I, I, you know, this is part of my story, and I don't tell people, you know, that this is the way to go. It is the way I went. And I started drinking very early. Um, and I had a, I, I drank different than others and realized I had a drinking problem later in life. I look back on it and it was a significant drinking problem. And, um, so it, all the way through high school, I kind of went through, you know, I would go to church and I would sit there hung over and go, uh, you know, and it was one of those, you know, Episcopal is a great religion for some people. I I didn't like it. It was repetitive. It was the same thing every week other than the message. And it was pretty boring. Um, and I didn't really grasp into the concepts of what they were talking about. It made no sense to me. Um, when I was 19, I had a, and I'm not going to bring it up because I don't want to give away um, someone else's issues. But I was in a, in a tavern and I saw a gentleman that I really respected who was at the tavern as well. And he was actually kissing on a, a woman and he was a big guy in our church. And 
he's married. And it, it, to me, it's like, you know what? The hypocrisy is enough for me. And I left. Yeah. I was done. So 19 years old, I was done with church. Didn't go back other than a wedding or funeral till I was um, hmm. in my 40s. Um, and my daughter was two at the time, I believe, Savannah. And my uh, ex-wife was in Florida with her father-in-law. And I had told her that I wanted my girls to at least experience what church was like. And neither one of us wanted to go to church. Neither of us went to church. And I, like I said, I didn't go for 20-some years uh, or more. And I was at the movie, and there was this flyer that says, church at the movie theater. And I'm like, you know what? At least there's a comfortable seat. I'll go give it a shot. And, to, and so my ex-wife went to Florida, and she was gone for a few weeks taking care of her father. And so Savannah and I went to the Ridge Cinema. Um, I think we went three weeks in a row. And... It was pretty cool. I dropped my daughter off in one theater, and they had all the kids' activities in the theater on the stage there. And then I went to another theater and sat there, and they had this really good rock music, Christian rock music. And the pastor gave messages that were like, hit me right between the eyes. And when my ex-wife came back, I said, hey, we got to go to this church. And she said, yeah, okay, we'll try it. And Sunday morning came, tried to get her up to go to church. No, no, then I didn't go. Well, then her and I ended up having some pretty major uh, issues and um, I'm like, you know what? I'm going back to church. Well, at that time, the church had left the, the Ridge, and they went to um, Whitnall Auditorium. So I started going there every week, and, and I would go there, and I would just pray. I'm like, you know, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I don't know what I, why I'm coming here, but I need help. I'm not happy. My life's miserable. And Mark, the pastor, would give a, a you know, and I would say, God, just tell me something. He'd give a, he'd give a message, and there was one message where I was really praying what to do about my marriage, and uh, he he had a sermon that said, he goes, when you choose to follow, it's going to cost you. It may cost you a little. It may cost you a lot. Some people, it costs their whole career. Some people, it costs um, their financial. Some people, it costs their place of living. Some people, it costs their marriage. And when he said that, I got this, like, unbelievably hot it was a hot like I felt like something just stabbed me in my chest and it was super hot and I'm like oh my god so if I choose to follow what's going to happen and it, and it could be major and I'm like okay is this do I really want to do this and so then for the next you know several months and going on probably a year or so all I do is I would go and pray you know what do I do what do I do and and the messages that he he would give me on those Sundays would ring true most of the days that I would go oh okay he would say read this in this in this part so I would read it and one time he said you know take, take if you want to go into the Bible one of the best things to do is just read what Jesus said don't read all the other stuff just read what he actually said and then try to apply it to your life so I started doing that and after doing all that, I did end up getting divorced. Um, you know, it was not an easy thing to do. It's still, you know, uh, but I believe it was the right thing to do for both of us. And, uh, you know, it's still, it's still, it's a difficult thing uh, to follow and it, it's hard. And I did end up getting baptized. I did end up turning my life over to him. And I do fully understand my relationship with Jesus now. And it's not a religious thing. It's a, it's a spiritual it's, a, it's a relationship and an understanding that I have that's totally different than I could ever describe. It's 100%. He is Glenn Derby again. Um, he's our special guest here this week on Faith and Zone. He's a local guy. 
uh, offensive lineman for the Badgers, the New Orleans Saints, and the Green Bay Packers, the head football coach at St. John's Northwest Military Academy. Pastor? Yeah, Glenn, uh, thank you for sharing, you know, what, what the, yeah, how you came came really to know the Lord. And, and uh, you know, what's interesting is uh, that, that God doesn't expect us to clean ourselves up, you know, and then come to him. You know, Jesus said, I didn't come to save righteous people. I came to save sinners, which we all are. And that God so worked in your life, you recognize that, and then you recognize that Jesus is the one who, who paid it all for you. And I'm thankful, you know, Glenn, for that time that I made that decision to put my faith and trust in the Lord. And Mike and I are always excited. And many times uh, um, Mike is moved, you know, and I'm we're a- all moved because it's it's powerful when you hear how another person came to know Jesus. And and really, that's that's what the program's about. And I hope there will be people out there who will come to know the Lord just by listening to testimonies of our guests. You know, with, with his testimony for me, Pastor, um, you know, I, the hardest thing to overcome as Christians is when we make a mistake, when people are viewing us and they say, what a hypocrite. You know, he didn't go into a church for 25 years, 20 years, because he saw a guy in his church kissing a girl in a bar, and and he went, what a hypocrite. And it's really difficult for for us as Christian men to get other people to understand, look, I, I sin every day. You know, we try to put the full body of armor on, and I sometimes fail before I get out of bed. And you, you just, people look at us different. You know, we are, we are, it's just the way we act in public and we have to understand that people are watching us and it, it caused him 20 years not to go into a church because he said, look, that guy was a hypocrite. And so like, like Glenn, it took me a long time to figure it out. I mean, we're. I mean, he's probably a better football player. I don't think he could block me if I was an edge rusher. But <laughs> <laughs> however, uh, however, yeah. however, is that a know, challenge? Uh, oh. he, he challenges everybody. Okay. Trust me. You want no part of this, young uh-huh. man. Yeah. I'm yeah. just telling you. I got you. Um, 100% Irish. I fight dirty. I'm just kidding. But you know, um, but the, our background, you know, kind of mm-hmm. similar. And and. As far as some of the things that we we did when we were younger, and, and, and I envy people that, that have figured it out. I certainly envy a guy like you that figured it out really early in your life, Pastor. But, but other people that listen, and people we've had on Faith in the Zone that are in their teens or in their 20s when they have you know accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior— and look, you're you're not going to wake up the next day and everything's going to be rainbows and butterflies. Right. You still mm-hmm. have challenges, and there are times I think, and for me personally, that first year was the most difficult. I think because you know what, Satan doesn't want to give up one of his his guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and a lot of te- mm-hmm. a lot of temptation going all over the place at that point, and. Um, you know, so I, Glenn, thank you so much for that. And I really appreciate it. We have to get to a break. Let's have a break. We'll continue our conversation with Glenn Derby. Again, Oconomowoc grad. He uh, played football at a really high level. You can follow him on Twitter at GDerby79. And if you have a, uh, a young man that wants to be an offensive or defensive lineman, I would highly recommend one word, trench training. 
T-R-E-N-C-H, trenchtraining.com, and look at what these guys are doing with camps around the state of Wisconsin for young kids as early as probably third grade, I think, right? We do have some, Illinois has some third graders that we've worked with, yeah. Yeah. Fifth grade usually in in Wisconsin, but, you know, we have worked with young guys. Yeah. Yeah. So take a look at that if you have interest. And and after hearing his testimony, you know that uh, this is a guy you certainly can can trust with with your kids and teach them the game of football if they want to be an offense or defensive lineman. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone, an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Brain Balance of Mequon. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Mike McGivern alongside Pastor Ken Keltner for Brookside Baptist Church. Our special in-studio guest, he's Glenn Derby. Again, former NFL player, offensive lineman for uh, your Wisconsin Badgers, and uh, head football coach at St. John's Northwest Military Academy. You know, Pastor, his testimony for me um, really rings out. And, you know, a lot of similarities to some of the things that that, that I went through. And, I, Glenn, I got to ask you, when you get asked, if, if you get asked to speak much, um, and, and when you do, how much of, of your history do you bring to the table? And, and the reason for the question is I get asked at, at Brookside a couple of times now, and then other churches will call and say, hey, we're doing a men's group. Would you come and speak and talk a little bit about your testimony and talk about faith in the zone? And the first time I did it, I, after when I was done, I, I was embarrassed. It's embarrassing, right? And I said to the pastor, hey, look, I'm, I appreciate the opportunity, but I'll never do this again. And he said, let me tell you something. I, well, on your show, you talk about guys, the worst thing they ever do is steal a candy bar. I'm one of those guys. We had 270 men here tonight. And I bet there's 30 or 40 of them that are going through the same struggle you went through. And I can't talk to them because I haven't. I can, but I haven't been where they're at, but you have. And you're uncomfortable and embarrassed. We'll get over it. Because the Lord wants you here talking to these guys. And I said, I'm never talking to you again. Don't talk to me, man. And I'm wondering for you personally, that part of it, because it wasn't just drinking. I, I know there was some some um, painkiller and some drug use um, uh, through that journey as well. Yeah, I, I do get asked to speak uh, occasionally. And um, I, I'm very much a believer that uh, whenever the opportunity presents itself, I am responsible to reach out. And, you know, Jesus' message is, is number one is, you know, what is the most important thing is to love others. And, um, you know, I believe that. Uh, and in loving others, you have to. So here's the thing. It would be very easy for me when I was just getting out of football, I was very judgmental and I was very much uh you know, I'll give you a story. I, I went into a I went into a treatment facility because of my first wife, and in the process, there was a counselor there that said that they had a bed for me, and I said, "What that? You no." Know. I said, "There's no way I'm going in. We're here to help my my uh, first wife." And in the process, he asked me. He said, "Would you please consider outpatient?" And I said, "Okay, I will." So I went to some outpatient, and then I started going to the pro, uh, program. Um, for uh, recovering 
alcoholics. And in that program, there's a lot of times where you spend a lot of energy uh, and a lot of time talking about your story, you know, your experience, your strength, your hope. And as you as you put some sobriety behind you, you start to understand. And I and the anonymous part of the program is awesome. And there's a lot of people out there, and I respect the heck out of them, that don't let people know that they have had a problem or have a problem. And and I'm I'm one of the ones that I'm totally open to my story. Um, my story, some of my story is very ugly. Some of my story is very embarrassing. Some of my story is um, one that I'm not proud of. But if I can help one person make a decision to change their life based on what my story was, then it's worth it and I'm okay with it. So, mo- you know, I'll go to places like here. You didn't you didn't prep me at all for this uh, meeting other than say, come talk. And I didn't know where it was going to go. And I, I always say before... I speak or where I go anywhere, I said, God, your word's not mine. And I believe that they're going to be his words, and I, I will let it go wherever it goes. If it, if it comes up where I have really difficult stuff, if, you know, if, if God moves within me and, and those words come out, um, so be it. And I will, you know, I, it's not always prideful. It's, it's, you know, you, your pride can, can get hurt, and, you oh, know, you, you can walk yeah. out of there going, oh, I really feel like a piece of crap. But... There's other people in the in the audience, and there's 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 many that are judging. And you know what? To them, great. You can judge me. I don't. That's fine. I don't worry about it. You know, Glenn. I and I'll say this to people: if 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 Lord's willing, except guys like you know us, man, come on. To the people that are listening, you know, look. If 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 you're struggling with something, and and you're thinking, man, I'm, you know what? I'm not worthy for this. That, that's not true. Uh, you, not know true. You, and, yeah. your, you, you know what? You follow your. You know what? If if you start that journey, he he'll meet you. And and Pastor, we've had this conversation. He'll meet you right where you're at. Yeah, and he, and he, and he changes you from the inside out. Yeah. Um, you know, people will say, "Well, I got to get cleaned up, then I'm going to come to Jesus." No, Jesus takes you right where you are, and you recognize your sinful condition, and you come to trust Jesus. I mean, He's the one who paid for our sin. I mean, I love it that He said, um, in, you know, His final words, "It's finished." He didn't say, hey, it's almost done, now Now it's up to you. He goes, I have paid for it. And then he went to heaven, and he's sitting at the right hand of the throne of God because he, he did it. And and, 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 when, and when he was here, who was he hanging with? He was hanging oh, with the yeah. prostitutes and, yeah. and the tax collectors. And, and I, I look at that and say, okay, yeah. you know what? Um, you know, we have a lot of, of – um, there's a lot of things going on politically and um, racially and, and so forth in our country right now. And the bottom line is, is we're all human beings and we're all his children. And, yeah. and we need to spend our energy helping all of the humans, not just the ones that are like us or uh, think like us, believe like us, act like us. It's it's all humans. And that and it gets harder and harder. It I, does. I, you know, it's a very um, not only in, 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 in politically, but but in churches, it, it can be very divisive. And you know what? We went through something at, at, at Brookside a couple of years ago that, I, man, I was praying like crazy that we're going to come out stronger on the other end. And we have. We have. But there are some issues. And, and, and Pastor, I'll say it. You don't need to. But there are some issues of, of, of you know, people thinking that church wasn't going the right direction, wasn't being run correctly, wasn't. And look, I, I sit in the same pew, man, and I, I tell Pastor he's going too long. You know, I'm, I, I'm the valet driver, so I'm not the guy that's, that is, is there in all the meetings and stuff. But boy, you know, even at the church level, 
when we should be all as one, one Absolutely, family yeah. for one reason. And, you know, we're, we're, we're here just for an audience of one. That's what we're yeah, doing. Yeah. And so if, if the church is going to be divisive as well, it's, it's hard. Lord's <laughs> giving you a great platform. So yeah. whenever you get a chance to speak, Glenn, get out there and, and, and do it. Pastor? Yeah. You know, Mike, right along with what you're saying, you know, and Glenn, God, God established three institutions. He, esta- he established the family. He established government to have order in society, and he established the church. And uh, the enemy, Satan, has attacked all three. Mm-hmm. All three are on fire today. And it gets back to the enemy. He, he loves religion. He loves, he, he loves the fact that people are going to trust something other than Jesus to think they can get to heaven because only Jesus is the one that's going to get us there. And so he is just constantly attacking whatever God established or what God created. Yeah, and that's the tough part because now yeah. when someone says, and you, we talked about this in the beginning, you know, when I see somebody in a grocery store and they go, hey, aren't you Mike McGivern? Yep. And they'll come up and whisper, hey, I like that religious show you do. Well, it's not. And, and how many religions are there? There's, Although there's uh, probably about, um, I think I think it was around 30,000. Yeah, 30,000. So you want to talk about being divisive? Yeah. I mean, that's... Uh, that in itself is 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 so divisive, and so when you talk about about that part of it, Glenn, I, I agree. And you know, we we had Tony Dungy on when he talked about the platform that the Lord's given us. The Lord gave you a great platform. I mean, when when you can give the business card that says, "Look, I, I was alignment for the Wisconsin Badgers, the the New Orleans Saints, and the Green Bay Packers," that immediately gets people notice. Yeah. Immediately it says, "You know what? This guy played a really high level," and man, you know what, we should probably listen to what he has to say. And and I think that that is important when you get asked to get out there and speak, make sure that, that you give the whole story. Yeah. 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 Who was it? Was it Don Beebe that... Uh, uh, his, yeah, Frank Wright. Frank Wright told him, yep. you know, hey, get out there and start talking with me and we're going to go talk to people and... And yeah. Frank was real big. Well, BB yeah. said, no, I don't do that. I don't like public speaking. He goes, well, that's because you think this is about you, right? <laughs> that's <laughs> it's right. not about you. Right. And, right. and BB was like, I go all the time now whenever I get asked because yeah. he was right. It's not about me. Right. It's about going out there and talking about what the Lord's done in, in my life. Hey, before we get to a break, and, and, and normally I'll prep our guests for this question, but I'm going to ask you, you, you weren't, and when you were playing football, not real strong in your faith at that point. Um, so to ask you if it was easier to walk worthy inside the locker room or outside the locker room wouldn't fit for you. Um, however, when you were in the locker room in, in, in Green Bay and Wisconsin and, and New Orleans, were there a group of Christian players? And, and how did you feel as a non-Christian at that point about those guys? You know, there were. And there were some phenomenal family men at the time. And here I was, a guy going out to the bars and the taverns and doing all the stuff that I did. Um, and I would look at them. And I would look and go, how in the heck do you guys do this? And I would look at them with admiration going, and some of it was I would think that they were weak, which is really weird because I thought, ah, I'm, you know, I'm a tough guy. And, you know, these guys are weak because they live like that. They, they're good to their wives. They're, um, they got kids. And, and, you know, and they would go home. When we would say, let's go out and get messed up, they would go home to their wife and kids. And I'd be like, ah, those guys are babies, you know, or whatever. And, and, and I, but I secretly inside, I'd go, how, how do they have the strength to do that? And I, and I had a roommate, uh, uh, Joel Hilgenberg was a, a great friend of mine and a roommate of mine for a couple of years. And, you know, his brother played for the Chicago and, yep. and Jay and uh, 
that was Jay and, and Joel was an all or all um, you know in uh, he was an all pro NFL guy who I lived with for a couple of years and he was a guy who didn't spend a lot of money uh, you know he he lived a, a good life he didn't go out and get you know and I would look at him and I go man why can't I be like that and I and I had the you know he talked about Satan and I believe this that you know. Satan uses things to get us to follow him, and alcohol is a really good one mm-hmm. uh, that he can use really easily. And I was, you know, so addicted to it that, you know, I, I just overlooked all that, and I just thought they were weak. But to be honest with you, I admired the heck out of them, and I, I really wished I was one of them. Hey, we got to get to a break. Sorry, Pastor, I know you okay. want to follow up, and we will. We'll follow up on that question because I've got a follow-up one as well. I, you know, this is the first time we've been able to ask that kind, and it doesn't surprise me at all that, that he thought, boy, I wish he would be more like them, but you know what? May, are they a little bit weak? And, mm-hmm. and uh, I love that uh, that answer. We'll get to a break. Our special guest, Glenn Derby, again, former NFL player, from former lineman for uh, the Wisconsin Badgers, and you can uh, check out his website if you've got uh, a son or a nephew that's interested in being a, a better offensive lineman, trenchtraining.com. That's trenchtraining.com. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Back to Faith in the Zone, a journey on how people in sports walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The Fan, Mike McGiver, alongside Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church. Our special guest, Glenn Derby, again, former NFL player, played for the Badgers, and is now the head football coach at St. John's Northwest Military Academy. Pastor? You know, Glenn, when you were talking there about guys that you, you admired and so forth, it, it brought me back to the story. Tom Roy is a close friend of ours with Faith in the Zone, and and he was with the uh, San Francisco uh, Giants baseball, and he said he got, he said, man, I'm going to spring training. I'm thinking it's going to be great, and I go in and it's a room with bunk beds, you know, and I'm in there with three other guys. That, that first night, yeah, yeah, that first night, and he said, you know, and I, I don't know the Lord, and I'm doing my own thing, and he goes. God put me in a room with three Christians. When I got up, they're having a Bible study. <laughs> and so it's amazing how God can bring people into your life that you think, man. And, and exactly, Jesus said, I want you to be light and salt. I want you to make people thirsty that want to know me. And God brought some guys in your life that you thought, ah, what do they have that I don't have? So There, there, were, two, there were two gentlemen that uh, I, I want to bring up for that. One was my first roommate in college. Uh, Rodney Lasso, he's up in uh, Minnesota, Minneapolis right now, and he he would every night would read his Bible, and every night he would do 250 push-ups, and every night he'd do 500 sit-ups, <laughs> and the guy was so disciplined in what he did, and he would take me to Bible studies. I went with Jim Gantner once, and I went with these other guys, and every time I'd go there, I'd say, this just ain't for me, and I, I tried, I, I I literally tried. I I would say to myself, I need to follow this, I need to do this, but I I couldn't buy into it, and then another guy. Uh, Craig Raditz, who played with me at uh, Madison and played in the NFL for a short time. Craig was Craig, a phenomenal follower and phenomenal guy, and he's been doing this his whole entire life. And I always used to think that he was kind of weak. And I liked him as a person, but I, I just could never. And now in these last, like, 10 years or so, him and I have become very close. And it's amazing to to have these people that, you know, are yeah. able to, at a young age, 
follow. You know, he. Mm-hmm. I think Craig turned his life over at around nine or ten, and Rodney was in his high school years when they mm-hmm. did. And it, it, it's just, it's amazing. And, you know, I used to get, it's the same thing I used to get um, with the footballs. I would get very upset at myself saying I didn't go to where I thought I should. Because, you know, in all rights with my talent and my ability, I could have easily played in the NFL for a long time, and I could have easily been an all-star and all those kinds of things. However, I chose a different life, and and you know God gives us that free will, and I, yeah. I let Satan you know into my life, and I didn't follow and fight hard enough to keep him away. I had, you know, God gave us messages, and He gave us things all along that very easily I could have said, oh, why yeah. did it? You know, why did that heat-seeking yeah. chest thing that I got? Why was that it? I'm sure I got other ones when I was younger that I just didn't pay D- attention to. Didn't, didn't pay attention to. Well, it. we're thankful you did and that you know you're on your way to heaven I appreciate right it. Now. I am yeah. thankful to We're thankful for that. Grateful. Pastor, we got about four minutes. Okay, here's a question okay. Glenn would love to ask is, okay, you're in the sporting world, whether it's basketball or football, what was one of your more exciting moments in the in in sports that you you will go back and go, man, I remember either that block or that play or that bucket or Something along that line that really, to this day, stands out to you. I would say there's one in particular that always stands out. And, you know, so you're going through your freshman year training camp. And at the time in Madison, we were at the seminary. And you're out there and you're going against guys like Daryl Sims and uh, Jim Melka and all these guys that played in the NFL that just beat the crap out of you as a freshman. And, you know, you're on that – you're on that. Um, um, Scout team? Scout team, and, you know, you don't want to be on there, and you're getting the crap beat out of you, are telling your parents you want to quit, and <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And a coach told me one thing. He said, Glenn, you need to learn how to play lower. You're a six foot six guy. You've got to play lower. And I, so for the next couple of weeks, I concentrated and focused on playing lower. Lo and behold, I got off the scout team and put on as a backup for Jeff Dellenbach and um, Chris Oswald. I was their backup. As a freshman, true freshman, and they wanted to redshirt me, I ended up making the travel squad. Wow. And the first time running out into all those stadiums that you see on TV, it's an experience that, you know, you cannot describe to anyone else. But running out in front of 80,000 screaming people, uh, and you're the, down on the field, and you're looking up at all these people, it's 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 an amazing experience. Overwhelming. It's huh? overwhelming, and yeah. it was so cool. and. Uh, all five years that I was at Madison, my favorite part was when I was sitting in the locker room and I'd hear the band go by and the tubas and the trumpets would be playing some thing and then it's like, okay, it's getting to be game time and I'd get jacked up and then you go down to the that tunnel, tunnel yeah. and you come out that tunnel and I, you know what the Badgers do now? They've got that whole lights and you get to it's see it up on cool. the board. It's, yeah. it's awesome. You know, and you know? playing at the big house and the shoe and yeah. all these, you know, all these stadiums in the Big Ten that that we watch every week. Um, had to be incredible. Well, and I, I tell people this, you know, we beat Ohio State three out of the five years I was there, and I was in the shoe <laughs> down in that one side, and we were come, We had to drive out to, to end the game, and it was so loud, and I was playing tackle at the time, or a guard, I don't remember which, but I was looking up at Bud Keys, and I'm looking, and I cannot hear a thing coming out of his mouth, and I couldn't hear him say, set, go. We had to watch the ball just like the defense. It was so deafening loud, you couldn't hear anything. And so we were all kind of guessing what the play was or what the audible was he was yelling. And <laughs> oh, we, just, and we, awesome. we ended up doing it because it was, it was amazing, yeah. yeah. Hey, guys, we got to get out. Glenn, thank you so much yeah. for your time. And first of all, it's really good to see you again. Good to see you, too. And uh, I appreciate uh, you know you coming on on my high school show and me, meeting me out at that pick and save for the student athlete. What a great bunch of young men that, uh, that you're helping 
lead over at St. John's Northwest Military Academy. Again, you can follow him on Twitter at GDerby79 or go to the website that him and, and, and a bunch of his guys are teaching offensive defensive, defensive linemen how to how to grow up as a big kid. Because sometimes you get picked on a little bit, and and not only teaching them better stance and how to be an offensive defensive lineman, but really life lessons. Uh, Trendstraining.com. Trendstraining.com. Thanks for listening. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The fan. You've been listening to Faith in the Zone with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner. You can hear Faith in the Zone every Sunday at 8 a.m. To find past shows, exclusive podcasts, or to contribute with an inside tip for a guest, simply go to faithinthezone.com. Faith in the Zone is an inside look at people of sports and their walk in faith. Join us again next Sunday for Faith in the Zone, right here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Was it really amazing grace? Now I know for certain, Lord, it was you that rescued me. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. T